Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is the Sikkim Podcast, presented by your friend in the car business, Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat in Waco, online at alansamuelsdcj.com. The Sikkim Podcast is a production of Baylor Athletics. Now, here are your hosts, Brooke Bednars and the voice of the Bears, John Morris. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's Sikkim Podcast, a production of Baylor Athletics. We're glad you're with us again this week. John Morris, Brooke Bednarz, and uh, Brooke, let's talk a little more Baylor football as Coach Aranda continues to fill out his staff. He does, and it's super exciting. I know we've gotten to speak with a couple. Um, you got to go one-on-one with the new OC, and uh, now we're here with the Chief of Staff. Uh, you want to go ahead and introduce him, John? I'll yes. let you do the honors. Uh, thank you. Dennis Polian is new to uh, uh, Coach Dave Aranda's staff, new to Baylor football, senior associate AD and football chief of staff. And isn't it appropriate, uh, we just had the uh, presidential election, uh, Dennis, now we've got the chief of staff. <laughs> chief of staff. We're as presidential as it gets. <laughs> and that's as political as we're going to get exactly. also. yes. Dennis, welcome to you. We appreciate you being here. Thank you, John and Brooke. It's, it's great to be here. I um, cannot tell everybody how excited I am to be a Baylor Bear. Very good. You uh, Tell everybody, how would you describe your position? If somebody says, what do you do? I basically um, would tell people whatever it is Coach Aranda needs to make make his job easier, whatever I can do to support our uh, players and our coaches in in making their path, their their goals, and uh, their daily life uh, a success here, part of the program. You come from a long line of – a big football family. We'll just we'll <laughs> start. It we'll we put it mildly. We'll we'll start there. Um, and so obviously we'll dive into um, your family and your father and uh, everything like that in just a little bit. But I want to hear from you um, what it was like growing up in football and how that led to this type of position being your ideal fit. As a as a young boy, it was just fun, but I took it for granted. I didn't. It, it was something that I never really thought I would get into. I wanted to be an attorney, go to law school, be a prosecutor, um, you know, kind of live in the real world, so to speak. And I, I don't think it hit me how blessed I was to be exposed to what I was exposed to as a growing up um, until I I graduated college. I started law school. I started to go down that path, and, and um, as as uh, things happened, I was offered a job at Boston College, a full-time job with the athletic director, and fell in love with it and chose that path, then kind of stumbled into the NFL uh, roles, some roles in Canada, and, and it, it just kept piling on, and I kind of realized this is this is what I want to be around. I, I spent my whole life saying I didn't want to do it mm-hmm. and, and, and be in this profession, and then when I wasn't around it, 
I realized. <laughs> I want to come really home. That's really what I wanted to do. <laughs> yeah. And, and really, re- really figured out, boy, was I lucky uh, to be exposed to the people and the experiences that I was. Uh, you, uh, you've got some Texas, you've spent some time in mm-hmm. Texas. You were at Texas A&M yes. prior to Arizona, Arizona, University of Arizona, your most recent stop. Uh, any, any other background in the state of Texas prior to that, prior to A&M? Uh, no. Okay. Um, but, um, can say this, uh, we spent a lot more time in Waco in our free time. Oh, hey, hey we like to hear that. <laughs> and, uh, my wife, Jenny is very excited that we're, we're coming back to the Lone Star State nice. as was I. Very good. Your uh, Brooke mentioned your your football family. I think when people hear the name Polian, they immediately think uh, of your dad, Bill mm-hmm. Polian, uh, Hall of Famer. Uh, you know, great career. And we'll talk about the uh, the Bills and their great success <laughs> um, and great timing there. Your brother Brian uh, was here at Baylor as a GA under Kevin Steele, nineteen ninety nine to two thousand. Your other brother Chris, uh, most recently with the Jacksonville Jaguars, and your sister. I'm ter- tell me your Lynn. Name. Lynn. Okay. Okay, yes. is the older, uh, yeah. oldest of uh, all of y'all. So that's the family, and uh, that, that's us. My sister's a teacher. She's okay. Uh, she's an, a Catholic school teacher in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, has been her whole career. And um, we we like to joke she's the one that actually has a real impact in the world. <laughs> Starts young <laughs> before they become men. But your dad, I mean, what what a name, what an impact, you know, on uh, on football and professional football, and that's uh, that's what as you were talking about, it's what you grew up in. Yes, um, he. One of the things I learned most from him, and uh, really Marv Levy and Tony Dungy, very similar. Uh, approaches and styles uh, to my father was um, what they did wasn't their identity. And one of the things that I, I um, always fall back on with him was even when, when we would have those mentorship conversations about how to go about your business, how to do your job and what work ethic means and commitment and integrity was that he he was always a father first. Mm -hmm. So it was really growing up. He's just dad. And, and like I alluded to earlier, I I never even realized any significance to what he was doing Mm -hmm. until, uh, later on in life when we actually would have those types of conversations about the profession. What would you say those conversations were like when you first started to kind of lean into the world of athletics after eventually, I mean, originally going down like mm-hmm. the attorney law school path. His, his question on my mother's, my mother was crying and his question was why. <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> we thought we would have one in the real world. <laughs> in the real world. <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, we mentioned the Bills and mm-hmm. your dad uh, very closely associated with the Bills and the Indianapolis Colts. But uh, you got to be uh, excited about the season the Bills are having. Oh, couldn't be more excited. There's so many good people in that organization. Uh, I worked directly for Leslie Frazier in Minnesota and – um, he's a close friend and mentor, and what he and Sean have done defensively there, I'm so proud of. And as somebody who grew up in the community, we lived there for 10 or 11 years, and I was in elementary school and high school, so I, that's where I really grew up. And it's a special community. So I think when when I talk about it, I get a little emotional about their success because it's almost like I feel more joy for the community and the people in the community than the organization mm. itself. Wow. 
because they've been waiting so long for this and they've been so committed and dedicated and loyal to that organization that they, they really deserve it. It is really um, one of those places that um, is hard to articulate how special it is unless you're really there to see what mm. the people are like. Mm. Well, and you mentioned you grew up started out as a ball boy correct mm -hmm. yes uh, the ball boy great. cleaned up the locker room i I cut the grass at the stadium oh wow, wow. Yeah, i mean that. there was no allowance unless i got some work done um <laughs> you did so I, put you to work yes worked very hard in that locker room <laughs> most little boys are mowing their lawn you were mowing rich stadium was that what it was at then? the time it was rich rich stadium, stadium. Yeah. how about that well i told you this you need to meet cody hall if you haven't already cody yes. is uh he's the biggest bills fan i know here in waco so we'll, yes we we'll have visit to find out what that connection is i know <laughs> i don't even know what that is what about brian in his time at baylor uh what, what do you remember about that and what did he you know what, what was that experience like for him it was great and it was great to have him to uh speak to that uh somebody that obviously i trust and um you know aside from Dave's vision and Max's vision and what they're about that attracted me there was very important. Okay, wh what was your experience in the community? Did you like the university? And um, he he loved his time here. Now, he said he graduated. <laughs> I, I need to check with the registrar once <laughs> I establish some, <laughs> some, uh, some relationships brother. here to make sure he, he's telling the That's truth. Great. But he, he really loved it here. He loved the community. Um, it was a different time in his life than it is in my life. And obviously the community's grown and just a um, little, but yeah. the mission hasn't changed in the community and on campus. And so it was very reassuring for me to know that, uh, his experience here was, was very good. I'll be interested in your conversations after you've been here a while with Brian about the way Baylor is now and the way Baylor is, athletics is now compared to 99 and 2000 when he was here. I mean, there have been – I mean, it's light years. Oh, there's some different. jealousy. <laughs> jealousy already. Yeah. <laughs> That's I funny. sent him a picture of the view from my office. Yeah, and he exactly. was like, I, I don't even know if I was above ground. <laughs> <laughs> he's probably, probably above ground now. He, yeah. he's, he's the brother working in college of football, so um, – I do want to ask you, you all have, when you look at the brothers, the Polian brothers, you all obviously are working in football, but you all have a slightly different roles. Mm -hmm. And I want to know how they fit y'all's personalities mm -hmm. from your perspective. You know what? I think they're very appropriate. They are. Um, they are. Uh, my brother, Brian, um, you know, from your experience, John here is a hard charging, high energy, uh, you know, ball of fire, loves teaching. And uh, loves the game. So that, that what he does um, in terms of a coaching vocation really fits the type of impact he wants to have. My brother, Chris, is more a little more introverted, a little more quiet and analytical and thoughtful. And being a, being a talent evaluator, um, it kind of suits that. You, you have to have that patience and that kind of um, quiet persistence when you're when you're evaluating a player to to really identify whether they fit and and that fits his personality and I've I I didn't go to the same high school I didn't go to the same college I'm the black sheep I'm the youngest I I like to describe myself as a little more well-rounded and just interested in so many different things and as college football has grown at this level the role I have fits that because I'm interested in so many different things and my role has to touch so many different things 
and it and it allows me I love strategic thinking and organization building it's one of the things that attracted me to coach and Mac and um, my role in my role I need to be able to do that but also flip a switch and work on the day-to-day but I still get to impact people whether it's staff or players or uh, having a positive impact in in, in uh, problem solving for coaches things like that so it really it kind of is it just kind of fits there's mm-hmm. no other way really to describe it There's only one Motor Trend Truck of the Year. It's Ram from Alan Samuels. Now, kick off the new year with remarkable savings on new Rams during the Alan Samuels Start Something New sales event. This special New Year's event is underway right now, and you can save thousands on new Rams. Ram, for your family, farm, or business at Waco's most trusted dealer, Alan Samuels. Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat, your friend in the car business. Whether on the field or cheering from home, Du Bois Furniture is proud to support the Baylor Bears. If your bear cave needs updating, Du Bois Furniture is here to help. With over 59 years of our family serving yours, let our experienced sales team help you find exactly what you want. We specialize in custom upholstery, stunning dining rooms, elegant bedrooms, gorgeous leather, and top quality mattresses. Come see us in Waco and Temple or visit us online at DuBoisFurniture.com. Du Bois Furniture, where beautiful homes happen. Now, back to the Sikkim Podcast, presented by your friend in the car business, Alan Samuels, Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat. You're listening to the Sikkim Podcast. I'm Brooke Bednarz alongside John Morris, and today we have the pleasure of visiting with Dennis Polian, the new football chief of staff, as well as the senior associate AD for Baylor football. And you kind of touched on it just now. Um, what attracted you to Baylor and specifically the type of role that you're in? Uh, but I want to hear a little bit about um, kind of the conversations that led to you coming to Baylor and uh, what you had first heard of if you'd even crossed paths with head coach Dave Aranda in your past. I've actually not crossed paths with coach Aranda before. So this was like a cold opening for us. And um, we got connected through people that he knew that I knew. And I knew Austin had, had left for LSU. I have friends at LSU and uh, I don't want to sound cheesy or cliche, but I had been, you know, obviously we were going through transition at Arizona and I had had a few stops. Now my family's young. I was kind of searching for someone like Coach Aranda and by reputation, he's his his special personality, his vision, his intelligence, his passion for the game, but his passion for people and how to build organizations was people. He's known for that by reputation. So when it when it, it came up to me, would you be interested in talking to Coach Aranda? It was like, I don't and and hey, let us know tomorrow. I was like, no, no, I don't need to think about <laughs> it. Right. I would love to connect with him. And and as we talked, I just felt I I don't want to speak for him, but I obviously felt a connection. Like this is somebody that's a going to make me better as a person and cares about that, but it cares about the players in that way and and believes in that in organization building that way. And, and that's what I was looking for professionally and to be somewhere where, um, the whole organization is behind it philosophically and from a commitment standpoint, which means then I can have, my family can grow as well within the community and in the organization. And, and that, 
and and that just all of our conversations kept hitting on that and we almost didn't really talk about the role <laughs> so much as we j- did just about how how he wants to approach running his program sounds like dave i know <laughs> sounds like him for sure and, and you talked about your background your education very well rounded uh your your football experience very well rounded also in mm-hmm. college in the pros in the canadian football league yes. in the arena football league yes. i mean you have uh you've kind of run the gamut haven't you of, of have. football at a lot of different levels i have uh have been very blessed to um have opportunities different roles different places whether it's coaching coaching, personnel evaluation, pro scouting, college scouting, salary cap, contract negotiation, marketing, mm-hmm. um, and, and um, social media, things like that. E- everything that really goes on in college football today. And um, and I, I really felt like, okay, I want to be on a path to be a general manager. And as more time, I spent more time in the NFL, the more I missed the impact that you, I guess as I got older, I got a little more mature and a little yeah. more uh, grounded in what yeah. I wanted to, you know, what my why was and um, and decided to get back to the college level, but felt everything that I had done was really going to prepare me for any kind of role that I might need to have. I knew I didn't want to coach, but I wanted to have an impact. And, and it's this kind of – my role at Texas A&M just kind of happened. Mm-hmm. Like Kevin reached out to me. Mm-hmm. Now Brian worked for him uh, on the first A&M staff, but I never knew him because, you know, we never get to see each other, see each other's <laughs> games because yeah. we're on the schedule. A little bit of schedule, schedule conflict. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so I had no connection to Kevin, and he reached out, and it was kind of the same thing that happened with, with me coming here. Um, but it, I, I just felt like I can do that. I was prepared because of all of the different experiences I had and uh, is really just very blessed basically um, to be able to have all of those experiences. I was going to ask originally why out of, you know, John kind of mentioned you've touched all aspects of the game. So why college ball, but you kind of mentioned that. So instead I'm going to tweak my question a little bit and I would like to know when you look at the program as a whole, whether it's the fans and something they notice or the players and the coaching staff, what would you say will be the Dennis Polian kind of touch on Baylor football's program? That's a I'm hitting, great I'm question. I'm hitting, hitting you hard here. We're question. interested. I think, um, I think what you'll see is, is an extension of Coach Aranda's mission and vision at a very professional, organized, um, and first-class level. So – whatever he wants us to execute is going to be executed at a level that people understand it uh, allows us to to live up to the the Baylor standard very good very good i like that tell us about jenny your uh, your wife jenny and your two kids yes and my wife jenny we met in nashville okay. when uh when i was with the titans and um she said she didn't want to move. <laughs> and, and you said. She loved Nashville. Mm. And I love Nashville. And we've moved three times, three times in six since. years. Um, and we have a, uh, she's a nurse anesthetist. Right now works at the University of Arizona's Medical Center. And okay. uh, is doing the job hunt here uh, in Waco right now. Uh, we have a son and a daughter. Our son's name is Finn. 
Uh, he's three and a half. He was born in College Station. Mm-hmm. Um, he's excited to come back. Oh, so to you're bringing the Texan back? That's right. He, We're happy uh, to hear last that. Last night on Facetime, he said, "Are you at a new stadium in Texas?" Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's and great. Um, we have a daughter who was born in Tucson, Miller Rose. Uh, she's one and a half, and um, they're you know. They're, they're, they're something else, you know, two vastly different personalities. She stands up for herself. Um, he's very thoughtful and introspective and she can throw, she can throw a football. He might be left-handed. Okay. Uh, so I'm very excited (laughs) about that. So we've got the baseballs out. (laughs) um, Get him going. Yeah. So we're, we're, I got started with family later in life, uh, 44 now. Uh, I always, I tell Jenny, we should have met 10 years ago and, They'd at least be at an age where we're sleeping in a little bit on Saturday. <laughs> um, and, uh, but they're, you know, they're awesome. I can't, uh, Jenny's been a rock star since we met in this industry. It's different. She didn't know anything about it. Um, but, um, she's much smarter than me. Um, also does more good in the world than me. Um, so it's, it's, um, you know, I'm very, very fortunate there. There'll be some good healthcare options for her here if yes. she wants to continue oh my to work gosh. here. Good little hub I here. think <laughs> she applied for a job last night yeah. uh, and got an email this morning. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. That is great. Yeah, that so. is great. What? Uh, so you, you just got your feet on the ground here. I mean, you're just starting, but what's the what's the first order of business? I mean, where do you start in this job? I think the the, the really the first focus is to get to know people and get them to know me and let them understand what my why is. Why did I come to Baylor? How will I approach my job and why? And and get to know them and let um, find out about their why, their families. What do they love about Baylor? Um, what do they love about Baylor football? How And how can I support them in their support of, um, of our players and our coaches? And simultaneously figure out, okay, what are the tasks of the day? But I don't think you can be successful at just getting things done until you've really uh, given people an opportunity to get to know you and you get to know them. I'm the new person here. It's not like this is a whole complete changeover. I'm the one coming into something that's a little bit established. So I, and that takes time and, and I have to be patient with that and really, um, really understand um, really understand what everybody's about that I'm going to be working with and get them to understand where my heart is as well. So that then for the long term we've got that, that trust and, and faith in each other that we're all doing the right things for the right reasons. Well, very good. We appreciate the visit. Thank you very much. It's uh, great to have you here at Baylor. You're, you're going to be a great fit. You already are, I can tell. And uh, I know you heard Max say when you talked to him, preparing champions for life. Mm-hmm. That's what you're doing. I yeah, mean, that's, that's what, what that's doing. that's what you just articulated very well. So, Dennis, welcome and uh, glad you're part of the Baylor family. Thank you both. Glad to be here and thank you for the time. Absolutely. Right. Thank you. Dennis Polian, Baylor's Senior Associate AD, Football Chief of Staff, will continue the football talk in a moment. Visit with uh, another member, new member of uh, Coach Aranda's staff. Eric Mateos will join us when we come back. You're listening to the Sikkim Podcast, a production of Baylor Athletics, and we'll be right back after this. 
If you need a trailer, Flat Rock Trailers has got you covered. From light-duty single-axle utility trailers to the big text tandem duels. We also carry a full line of enclosed cargo trailers. Need a motorcycle trailer? We've got them. Need a dump trailer? We've got the largest selection in the state. Oil field trailers? We carry a full line of big text trailers to handle all your needs. Trailer repairs? We repair all makes and models. We'll even rent you a trailer if you need to use one for a day. Flat Rock Trailers, your number one source for all your trailer needs. Find us at flatrocktrailers.com. Say my wife and I have a lot to clean is an understatement. So we go to TNG Chemical, where the pros know what cleaning solutions to use and give us detailed instructions on exactly how to use them. We never got that kind of advice from any other stores. And the prices at TNG are great, from general household cleaners to odor control solutions for our pets. We go to TNG Chemical and Supply. That's why. TNG Chemical and Supply. That's why. You're listening to the Sikkim Podcast, a production of Baylor Athletics. Here again are Brooke Bednars and John Morris. Welcome back on our Sikkim Podcast, a production of Baylor Athletics. We invite you to uh, subscribe, download uh, wherever you get your podcast at Spotify, at Apple. It's on the Baylor website, BaylorBears.com. Just uh, subscribe and uh, tune in each week for a new edition of the Sikkim Podcast. We're back now and joined by Baylor's new offensive line coach, Eric Mateos, joins us. And uh, following up uh, a, a conversation with Dennis Polian. So it's a football podcast. Podcast today, and Eric, welcome to Baylor, and welcome to Baylor football. Yeah, thank you. So excited to be here, and um, it's been a, a little bit of a crazy ride, but it's good to have my feet on the ground in Waco. <laughs> Part of the uh, pilgrimage from uh, from BYU to mm-hmm. uh, to Baylor, uh, you worked with uh, Coach Grimes there at BYU. Yeah, yeah, we well, and we we worked together at LSU as well. So uh, it was an opportunity to get to work with him again at BYU and then when this was all happening it was it's made everything a little bit easier a little bit more comfortable just having somebody I'm very familiar with what was it like you know getting after you guys met and started coaching together because you started I believe as a GA under him Mm -hmm. Um, so your whole coaching career you've been learning under him Um, and to get to move here into the power five conference. Um, what does that mean to you to have, you know, kind of your mentor, I guess, I don't want to put that word in your mouth, but if you would uh, oblige me and get, just go with that, uh, you know, what's it like getting to follow him here and, uh, continue the work that you guys have already built? Well, you know, he's, he's been a huge part of, of my career. I, I would say that him, so I was actually, before I worked, before I GA'd for him at LSU, I GA'd for a guy named Sam Pittman at the University of Arkansas, who's now the head coach. But at the time, he was the offensive line coach. So I really credit both those guys with really developing um, my my idea of, of Division One football. Because for me, I wasn't a Division One player. So going into coaching, I really didn't know anything about Division One football. It's so drastically different than what I played. And so those guys have really brought me along you know I've had other mentors earlier when I was even younger that kind of made me want to coach but these guys really um brought me into division one and so having the opportunity to go work with Jeff when he went to BYU was huge and then just being here I think it's just a level of comfort and to grow together you know uh for me being at BYU and I was growing as an O-line coach in that position I'm still rather young and he was growing as a coordinator, and we've kind of 
done this together now. And so to have a new opportunity, a new challenge together is it's really special and, and something I, I don't take for granted. We talked about this with coach Grimes a couple of weeks ago, but he, he has a background as an offensive line coach. How does that affect him as a coordinator? Uh, how does it affect you, your coordinator, you know, coach Grimes having been a former offensive line coach. Now you're the offensive line coach. I, I value it. You know, some people might say, you know, it's how difficult that must be. But if I'm able to walk 10 feet and bring an idea to one of the best O-line coaches in the country that I have, that's a valuable resource for me. And so uh, even when we were at BYU together, it was funny when we were at, when we worked together at LSU, I was the GA. He'd give me the things he wanted me to do during practice where we'd split up the line. I had the guards or the tackles or the left side or the right side, vice versa. And he would just kind of say, hey, this is what I want you to work on today. Here's what we're going to do during our individual time. And then when we were at BYU, it was kind of the opposite, mm. and which made it really fun because he did not coach a position right. at BYU. Right. And so I'd go up to him and we'd have 25 minutes of O-line individual Oh, of course I'm going to use one of the best <laughs> O-line coaches hey, in the country. Hey, come on over here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I say, hey, can we? Uh, can you do this with the tackles or can you do this with the centers? And, and of course. And so having that as your offensive coordinator, it's a, it's a huge help because, number one, he sees the game through those eyes. Mm -hmm. And some – and just to be quite blunt with you, some coordinators don't see the game through the eyes of the offensive line. It might be because they've never coached it. Maybe it's because they don't understand it that well. I don't know. But when you have a coordinator that does see the game that way, it makes your job easier because you don't have to say, well, we can't do that. They know that we can't do that. And uh, that's certainly been a huge help. Eric, what's your, what's your – you went to school at Southwest Baptist. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry, I don't know. <laughs> Good Baptist school. The juggernaut, yeah. <laughs> where is that? Where is it located? Uh, that's in Bolivar, Missouri. Bolivar, Missouri. Yeah, okay, just outside that, of Springfield. Okay, so that rings a bell. That does. So yeah. uh, you played there. You played in the offensive line there. Mm -hmm. has, uh, has coaching been, uh, you know, something in, in your mind that you wanted to get into since your playing days? Uh, yeah, well, it really started because I actually started at a junior college before that and uh, transferred to Southwest Baptist. And once I transferred, I had a coach there named Ben Blake, uh, who's my offensive line coach at SBU. And he really gave me the first taste of somebody that was constantly expanding my knowledge. He would go to offensive line clinics and he would bring me back new information and new techniques. And he'd be like, hey, I, I learned this at this clinic you want to try this on your back blocks or just stuff like that. And I'd be like, man, there's so much out there that I mm -hmm. don't know. And that's really when I started becoming intrigued with being a college coach, you know, cause my dream used to be, I'm going to go, I'm going to go teach history, American history in a high school. I'm going to coach high school football. I'm going to wear sweatpants to work. <laughs> and, and that was the dream. And then when I, when I transferred and played for coach Blake, it really made me uh, excited at the possibilities of being a college coach. Well, you're now in Baylor uh, Green. You're rocking the green and gold. I know people can't see, but we'll tell them anyway. Yeah. Rocking the green and the gold. Um, came from Provo, uh, BYU with Coach Grimes. And um, just looking at the success of that program while you guys were there, specifically the offensive line, um, very talented, a lot of good, positive things that you were able to be a part of. Um, what would you say is the – 
key to success. We, we spoke with coach Grimes and we talked about, um, RVO and what that means. And that starts up front with you guys. Um, so I want to hear from you on what the mentality of the offensive line, um, is for you and coach Grimes and will be for Baylor. Well, I, I, there's a recipe for O-line, right? And not all the O-lines are the same. Um, you might have some guys that have a bunch of four stars, five star, highly rated recruits. You know, at BYU, we started two two stars. And both those guys are going to be drafted this year and be in the NFL. So I don't know that you could say the recipes go get as many four or five stars as you can get. I think what you have to have is the right mix of people in the room. You have, a, have to have one or two guys that ignite the fire. Guys that are maybe a little bit more of the roughnecks. The guys that that might get a couple of personal foul penalties during the season because they're just so aggressive. And, and they set the tone of the physicality. And then you need to have someone who's a little bit more vocal, who – who knows um, how to kind of communicate with guy, each other on the sideline and, and kind of be like a, a voice of the room. And you need maybe one or two of those guys. You need a couple of the one and two just grinder types that don't say anything. They don't want any glory. They're very humble, and they just, they're just they the workers, the workhorses. So there's recipes, and you need those multiple personalities to kind of churn out a great group of five. And, and it's not just five. It goes to six, seven, eight, nine. As you get in the season, you have to have that depth. So I think the biggest part is kind of figuring out who those people are and let them be themselves while encouraging them to play the game and play as fast as they can. Um, I think one of the reasons you see poor line play, obviously talent matters, but it's so it's so much smaller on the in the big picture of being a great O-line. I, you've seen college O-lines for years that don't have any draft picks or any four stars, and they play great together. So in my mind, I believe that if you can get that recipe together, identify who's who, and then f- give them the confidence and the football IQ that they need to be able to play fast on Saturday, that's where that's where you have to start. And ultimately, when they become one, and that's such a cliche comment, but when it becomes a true unit and they start looking at the position as we are all one, that's when you start having really positive success. And that's the goal. And that's what we plan to do here. Last football season was anything but normal. Uh, you, you're new here, so we'll give you a little uh, background info. Um, we have a coaches show, uh, a tailgate show. Sorry. I always mix up our names of our shows, but uh, Baylor alumni tailgate show. And one thing that was a topic that John and I kept visiting um, was the fact that our offensive line, um, there were a lot, it was constantly moving, um, whether it was COVID or injuries or things like that last year, a lot of different guys got experience that maybe they wouldn't have otherwise because of the constant flow of the necessary, you know, depth chart. Um, and so what kind of experience is, how valuable is that experience for you coming in as the new offensive line coach to know that even if, you know, they didn't play the whole season or they, you know, started this game and then didn't that, that they all got a taste of college football for the most part. I think that the speed of the game you can never replicate it. And it's like the first time I ever was a coach during a division one game. I remember I was at Arkansas 
and we're playing Louisiana Lafayette and I'm sitting up in the box and the first play happens and the offensive coordinator is sitting right in front of me and he says, who made that tackle? I said, I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) It happened so fast. (laughs) It was just so fast. And it's so, and so when you're in those games, nothing can replace that experience. Now, is it, I think people give it too much uh, credit, honestly, though, because I think there's always this every offseason, oh, this guy's returning three starts. This guy played X amount of plays. We have X amount of returning starters. None of that matters, in my opinion. Every offseason with the O-line, it's a reset button. Who's going to develop? Who's going to have the best offseason? You know, um, going into this past season at BYU, for example, we our starting left guard ended up being a guy that nobody was talking about. Uh, all off season, people were talking about all these other guys, and our starter when we came out of training camp was a guy that nobody was talking about, and that's how it tends to be. And so those, it does matter to feel the speed of the game, but ultimately, when you define the performance and the standard of performance that you're looking for, you know, I think it's a little bit overrated, also as far as just like, oh, this guy played some snaps, so he should be good. Not the case. It's the months between that last game and training camp that really matter. There's only one Motor Trend Truck of the Year. It's Ram from Allen Samuels. Now, kick off the new year with remarkable savings on new Rams during the Allen Samuels Start Something New sales event. This special New Year's event is underway right now, and you can save thousands on new Rams. Ram, for your family, farm, or business at Waco's most trusted dealer, Allen Samuels. Allen Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat, your friend in the car business. I hate my job, but I don't mind getting up in the morning. I dread each day, but I can't wait to get out of bed. You ask me why, and what I'll say to you is true. Well, you can get breakfast tacos at Rudy's Barbecue. Scrambled eggs and brisket, they ain't fooling around. Salsa wrap, son, they're the best in town. Barbecue for breakfast, yes, it's true. Put a smile on your morning at Rudy's Barbecue. This is the Sikkim Podcast, presented by your friend in the car business, Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat in Waco, online at alansamuelsdcj.com. Continuing on this week's Sikkim Podcast, uh, visiting with Eric Mateos, Baylor's new offensive line coach on Dave Aranda's staff. And uh, this is, uh, uh, last couple of weeks, uh, been kind of a whirlwind for you, haven't they? <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. <laughs> to, to put it, <laughs> to yeah. put it lightly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, let's start with new job, yes, and getting married on January 9th. Congrats. Uh, yeah, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Getting married, um, yeah, trying to figure out because we were already trying to work on consolidating our houses, right? So, <laughs> I mean, it's just been why one not thing. just pack them up and hey, take it somewhere yeah. else? Yeah, so that's, I, we figured that. Well, this is good timing that we you don't even have start. to move. Yeah, yeah. We just throw them both on the truck and get moving. No, it's it's been great. I'm trying to just stay focused on each task at hand. Trying to be focused on giving my wife the best wedding she could possibly have. Trying to be focused on giving my family the best wedding they can have. Trying to be focused on having a COVID-friendly wedding, <laughs> yeah. oh, gosh, which yes. which was stressful enough as it is. And then throw this uh, job opportunity yeah. into wedding week, and it's been it's been great. But I've just tried to stay focused and enjoy it because I know these are great moments and these are great memories. So I'm just trying to really soak it in. 
Well, tell us a little bit about her, her name, what she does. And then um, she's already gotten to experience the uh, life of a coach's yeah, wife. Right, right um, away. <laughs> even before the wedding. Yeah, you you yeah. told us you guys had to move the date. Yeah, yeah. So, well, it started, um, we originally were planning on getting married December 12th. Then, of course, with our schedule, we were independent at BYU. So at one point when all the conferences decided that they're going conference only, we only had one game on the schedule Oof. at one point in August. And so as a team, you're like, well, who are we playing? So we were constantly adding games and figuring out new opponents and changing dates. So we actually had our, our wedding set for December 12th. We added a game. And that weekend, which is typically a dead weekend for college mm-hmm. football. Usually it's just Army-Navy playing that weekend. And they added a game, so we had to move it anyways. And this, you had this. But uh, her name is Jillian. Um, uh, she, she, is, she works for a company called doTERRA in Utah. It's essential oils and, and, and health products. And she does uh, corporate events for them. And mm-hmm. so she's been doing that for several years. She's, she's, done it. she's worked in athletics in the past. And. Yeah, we met up there. She's originally from um, Albuquerque, New Mexico. So I, I told her, okay, so you've been in, you've, she's been around mountains her whole life, essentially. <laughs> I said, well, I'm going to show you. How about a river? Hill, how about a river and some hill country? Yeah, exactly. You know, so I'm, I, we're just super excited to get out here together. And she's got family and, uh, and her aunt and uncle in Dallas and her cousins. Oh, and, good. And we have some of my best friends in the whole world live in Austin and Houston. So we're going to be around some people that uh, are going to give us some love. And so we're excited about that. That good. helps. Happy to hear it. Well, congratulations. Uh, two weeks and counting. Yes. <laughs> there's yeah. a honeymoon squeezed in there. We're good. Yeah. Well, it was it was really funny, too, because we were introducing ourselves to the players the other day, all the new staff members, and we were introducing ourselves to the full team meeting in the indoor. And, uh, you know, the guys are going up there. I've been married 14 years. Grimes has been married. I've been married 28 years. Yeah. And I get up there and say, hey, I'm Eric Mateos. I've been married to my wife, Jillian, for 10 days. <laughs> and it's going very well. So, so far, so good. So far, we are enjoying it. So, it's, no, it's, everything's been great, though. It's, it's been a lot of fun. We're excited. And as Brooke said, you did get a honeymoon in there. Yeah, we did. We So, I'm, I was actually originally born in Miami, Florida. Okay. And so... Um, we were looking at Hawaii and then you needed two COVID All the tests. COVID tests. And uh-huh. We were looking. So then I was like, well, let's go to Mexico. And she's like, I'm not crossing the border right now. <laughs> and then, uh, so I said, you know what, let's just go to Miami beach where I'm originally from. And I'm familiar with it. So we went, we did that for a couple of days and spent some days in the keys and, and had a great time. A beach is a beach. It's all water and sand. Yeah, very nice. Yes, ma'am. Well, congratulations. And uh, so you've met the players or they've met you. Mm -hmm. And and much interaction yet with your guys with the offensive line? A little bit, yeah. Well, it started as soon as as, um, we signed the paperwork. I called every single guy on the O-line here and and touched base and just kind of gave them – because they had a long week. I mean, that week, that was long for them to have – what went down that week, and so I just wanted them to be able to go into that weekend and be able to exhale and say, okay, here's my coach. Here's what it's going to be like at least so they could just kind of, whew, yeah. oh, that's over. Right, right? Good. Now, yeah. now we got that. So I wanted to touch base with them then, and then now that we're here, we're going to be able to start meeting today. I'm going to meet with each one individually and, and really kind of figure them out and, and get um, 
get my get around them and learn their personalities and and try to figure out their heart and and that's a process that takes time because they got to figure out me too mm-hmm. and they don't know me you know and when you spend so much time in the O line you're developing the relationships that you need to have player coach in the O line room you have to have the trust with your coach there's that moment in the fourth quarter it's loud you're looking at each other. Maybe something didn't go well, and you're really you're kind of in that bunker, and that's a funny, you know, comparison. But you're in there together, and it's different than any other position because you're you're bleeding and you're tired and you're exhausted and you're trying to dap each other up before plays, and it's just a special bond. And so we got to build that. It's not going to happen overnight, but my plan is to earn their trust and have fun with them. We've obviously dove into the fact that you've coached with Coach Grimes before and that connection. Um, but I want to hear your thoughts. You've had the opportunity to meet head coach Dave Aranda and working in his program um, now for about as long as you've been married. Um, you know, uh, what is what what about Coach Aranda made it attractive for you to want to be a part of this Baylor program? I would say it goes back to my memories as a GA when he was hired as defensive coordinator at LSU. And he would grab me. I'd be walking up and down the hallway. He'd be in his office. He'd be watching a Chicago Bears third and long blitz cut up. He's just studying football. Yeah. And he'd, you know, grab me. What do you think about this? You know, how do you protect this? Or he'd draw something on the board. What do you think about this third down pressure? And the detail and just his his care factor and the details of what we were doing in my room, in my position, or just in my opinion. The fact that he cared to grab a graduate assistant and ask me how I might block this, that told me that he cared about details. And as a coach, you want to work for someone who cares about details, who cares about the little things, and is constantly trying to improve. You don't want to really work for someone who's just kind of in a groove and they're not really trying to get better. And I could tell you, Coach Aranda is constantly trying to get better. There was a moment in, I think, 2019 when I was at BYU where he called me on a Friday and asked me, he was at LSU, he calls me on a Friday, he asked me how I would block counter versus a certain defense that he was going to run the next day against an opponent. I mean, I'm just like, <laughs> wow. this is so random. You yeah, know, we're, we're both in the middle of a season. He calls me, how would you block counter versus this defense? I'm like, so that's details. And yeah. that, as a coach, you want to work for people that care that much. Well, we're glad you're here. We're glad you're part of the Baylor family. Can't wait to meet uh, Jillian when she gets here. And uh, congratulations on both the new job here at Baylor and the wedding. And uh, we appreciate you being with us. Yeah, hopefully both go very well. (laughs) So here's to 2021, right? That's the plan. Exactly. (laughs) There we go. Eric Mateos, our guest, uh, new offensive line coach for Baylor. And that's this week's Sikkim Podcast. We appreciate you being with us. For Brooke Bednarz, I'm John Morris. We'll talk to you next week with our next Sikkim Podcast. Podcast. You've been listening to the Sikkim Podcast, presented by your friend in the car business, Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat in Waco, online at alansamuelsdcj.com. The Sikkim Podcast has been a production of Baylor Athletics.